I'm going to jump into our series that we're involved in. Uh, gosh, a number of weeks ago, we began this series, and it was all designed to lead up to Resurrection Sunday, our Easter Sunday, April 12th, which, by the way, as I said last Sunday, I'm trusting God that churches all over America's doors will be opened wide on Easter Resurrection Sunday. If it happens before that, hallelujah. But hey, wouldn't it be cool on Resurrection Sunday that people who have been uh, not able to come and people just, man, it's almost like reverse psychology. Uh, we say, don't come to church, don't come to church. And on Resurrection Sunday, come to church. And the house packs out all over America and around the world. And the gospel goes out and, and a huge harvest of God is ushered in uh, to the kingdom of God on Resurrection Sunday here in the good old U.S. of A. That's my prayer. I'm praying that happens. So let's keep that in our prayers and thoughts. And so with that in mind, we began a number of weeks ago looking at the last week of the life of Christ leading up to Resurrection Sunday. How many of you appreciate the fact that Jesus died for our sins was buried in a borrowed tomb and rose again the third day so we too could have life. That's the gospel message. And so that's what it's all about. And so we've been learning lessons. Now, the last week of the life of Christ, uh, they, some call it the Passion Week, uh, and it began when Jesus left Bethany with his good friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, left their house, came down through the, uh, off the Mount of Olives through the Kidron Valley and up into uh, Jerusalem, uh, beginning that first uh, week, first day of the last week of his life. Now, throughout that week, he addresses different audiences. He addresses the scribes and the Pharisees, and he didn't have a lot of good things to say. But there were many times when he was just with his disciples, and he was teaching them what I'm calling last-minute lessons from the life of Christ during the last week of the life of Christ. And I encourage you, as I have been for the last four or five weeks, to read through this in the Gospels, read through the last week of the life of Christ, uh, because he addresses a lot of important principles for us as a church family, as his disciples, as his followers. The first one was the lesson of faithful forever friendships. I don't have time to re-preach that message. You can find that on, I think it's archived in our Facebook page. And then we talked about the lessons from the unfruitful fig tree. He cursed the fig tree. And that was not happenstance. There was important principles. One of those was he was teaching the disciples the blessing and the importance of a faith-filled prayer life. You got to get there and get that. That's amazing. That's what he was telling his disciples. Listen, uh, you're about to be on your own in a sense. He said, I'll send. Later he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. But they knew. Uh, that, hey, uh, something's up here. Jesus is saying some things that we're not quite catching, but he wanted them to know that, hey, don't lean into my prayer life. You've got to have your own prayer life. And that was the lesson, too, about the unfruitful uh, fig tree. And then last week we began, uh, it's a kind of a two-parter, lessons about future things. 
again. And Matthew 24, it's where we pick up. And the story is this. The disciples, they didn't quite get it. They were thinking Jesus was going to come into the temple and set up his rule and reign uh, there in Jerusalem in the temple. And, uh, you know, Jesus cleansed the temple. And then the disciples, they're saying, look, Jesus, this beautiful temple. They're thinking it's just all the, you know, it's uh, their dreams coming true. Their plans are coming together. Jesus prophesied. And he said, hey, this thing's coming down. He prophesied. The, he said, in fact, there's not going to be a stone left uh, on one another. And of course, we know in 70 AD, the Romans came in uh, and uh, completely destroyed the temple and destroyed Jerusalem and the prophecy of Jesus uh, there in that last week of the life of, of his life came true. But it rocked the disciples' world. Man, they were shook uh, and they their their plans were unhinged. And as we said last week, that may be the way you feel today with this pandemic and all the things that have gone along with it and social distancing and an empty sanctuary. In fact, this is the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life personally, ministerially. In fact, catch this, there's no one here. My media team are not even here. They're at home doing all of this, pushing buttons, and and uh, it's like it, it, it's like uh, uh, you know, well, the old Cape Canaveral. It's like wowzers. They're not even here. I'm the only one here, and so uh, it's bizarre. But I know you're there today. I trust you're there today. I trust you're listening this morning. You have your family gathered around you, and together we're going to hear the word of God. And Jesus taught his disciples. He said, "Man, I know you got questions." They had questions. Their questions were. They said in Matthew 24 when he said, "Man, there's not one stone going to be left on another." That, and then as they got back to the Mount of Olives, he starts at, they start asking questions. They came to him privately. Tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And, and so he began to teach them rather extensively, I might add. In fact, Matthew 24 and 25 uh, all have reference to Jesus answering in his own way their questions about the last days or the end of days. Mark 13 addresses it as well, as well as Luke 21. And you can read through those. Uh, but he begins to teach them, his disciples, they came to him privately, what I'm calling last day's directives for all disciples from the last week of the life of Christ. Last week I gave you five. And man, last week, I know we, you know, in this, this live thing where we were, hey, I appreciate so much our media team uh, we had some unforeseen glitch right at the beginning, uh, but they got it back up and running. And so today we're trusting that does not happen uh, because these guys are sharp. I appreciate them so much. Uh, but last week we began, I gave you five of these last day's directives for all disciples, not just for them, for the from the last week of the life of Christ. And so very quickly, here's the first five. By the way, you can go back and pick this up. Uh, through way of video on Facebook or YouTube, however you do that. Uh, and so, but here, here's where we were last week. The first one, the first thing when they asked all these questions, he said this, take heed that no one deceives you. We talked about the first directive is be discerning. We can't be, hey, we can't have our head in the sand in these last days because there's false prophets, there's deception running rampant Throughout the last days, it's one of the signs of the times. 
tell somebody there, we gotta, we gotta be discerning about this. We gotta, we gotta have the spirit of God. Number two, uh, the next thing he addressed right up front, uh, he wanted them to be fearless. He began to talk about the last days and he said, see to it that you were not troubled. Hey, listen, in the middle of trouble, you can't let trouble trouble you. Tell somebody, we can't let trouble trouble us. Everybody has trouble. Jesus promised trouble. Uh, and so we got in the middle of this trouble, Jesus said, see to it that you're not troubled. In fact, he told his disciples and tells us in John 16, in the world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And then number three, we talked about being persevering. He said in verse 13 of Matthew 24, and he who endures to the end will be saved, protected, secure, healthy, and whole through the trouble. I'm going to protect you if you endure, if you persevere. We've got to be persevering. We can't quit. Tell somebody, we're not quitting. We're not quitting on Jesus. We're trusting him. And then, of course, we talked about being evangelistic. I love what Jesus said in verse 14. He said, and this gospel, I'm telling you, the gospel should go forth today. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. That's what he was saying. They want to know when the end's coming, when we get our job done. What's our job? Preach the gospel. Be evangelistic. Listen, right now is not the time to sull up and, and, and look in. It's the time to look out. Yeah, you got, might have to, you know, uh, uh, you know, obey the social distancing thing, but you can witness, you can share, you can be evangelistic with this call people on the phone. People need prayer. And so we talked about that. And then finally, last week, we talked about the importance of being alert, being spiritually awake. He said in verse 42, watch therefore, it's talking about spiritual alertness, not being slumbering or sleeping. Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. We've got to stay in tune with what God is doing and be alert and be awake. Tell somebody, I don't know if you got kids, uh, hey, wake up. Come on, it's time to wake up spiritually. Uh, In fact, I believe it's very possible because I know what God does uh, with trouble. He uses trouble many times to get people's attention. He's using trouble sometimes to get people's attention. And you may be watching today. You may be watching this live. You may be watching it later. And you're going, man, this trouble is troubling me. Listen, God uses trouble to get people's attention. That's what he's trying to do with the disciples. And he said, you've got to stay alert. Attention. Wake up. And so that's where we've been. Okay? That was last week. This week. i got five more for you. Okay, you can take your pen and paper out. I got five more last day's directives for all disciples from the last week of the life of Christ. Number one was last week, be discerning, be fearless, be persevering, be evangelistic, be alert, spiritually awake. And today, here we go. Are you ready? Number six uh, from these 10 last day's directives from Jesus to his disciples, we must be ready. On your mark. We've got to be ready. Look, we're in Matthew 24. Uh, and man, you need to di- digest this later. 
I'm just going to hit and miss some things. I'm going to address some things because he takes two chapters. He takes Matthew 24 and 25, detailed. He tells stories and parables to answer their questions and get them uh, at a state of readiness. And so Matthew 24, verse 44 says this. Uh, he says, he says, he says, therefore you also be ready. Everybody say, be ready. You've got to be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. That word ready is prepared. Are you ready? Listen, there's a lot of applications there. There's a lot of uh, uh, ways you and I can be ready. Some of you had to get ready to go to work yesterday or this last week. You got to get your supper ready. You got to get lunch ready. And Jesus is saying for his disciples in these last days, we must live in a state of readiness for we don't know the hour that he should return. I came to ask you a question this morning. I came to ask the church this morning, uh, people who are born again this morning, who have Jesus Christ living in their hearts. Are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ? Because there's some promises that we have. In fact, when Jesus rose from the dead and then ultimately ascended back to the Father, the angels were sitting there with the disciples and they said, why are you staring and gazing into heaven? This same Jesus who left from this place is coming back again. Jesus is coming again. That's the good news about the last days. Everybody else focuses, most people focus on the, the wars and rumors of wars and the pestilences and the trouble and the trauma and the deception and all that's real. And Jesus wanted them to be ready for that. But he also wants us to be ready for his coming again. Jesus is coming again. Somebody, give somebody a high five, a fist bump. If you're on Facebook Live, give, give me an emoji if necessary, because Jesus is coming again. And I want to ask you today, are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ? Because when Jesus comes again, it will be too late for you to be born again. Now, catch this. You say, well, I'm not sure I believe all of that. Listen, if there was 1% chance that this Bible is true and this Bible is real, Jesus is coming again. And if you don't have Jesus Christ living in your heart, if you haven't been born again, you will not go to heaven. You will, you will split hell wide open in a hurry. And, and Jesus loves you and he cares for you and he died for you. Listen carefully. Here's the gospel. Here's the whole, this is what, this is what Easter was all about. The Bible says Jesus died on a cross. He paid, paid for your and my sin with his own blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And that's why he came in the first place. In fact, in the last week of his life, he went to to, to, to the place of prayer in the garden of Gethsemane. I've been there, by the way. It just brings this truth back to me. He prayed three times, if it was possible, for the cup, the cross, to pass from him. But Jesus, he knew. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. It was the will of God for Jesus to die for you and to die for me. And the Bible says, Romans chapter 10, that if you believe that he died for you and he rose again, and you confess him as the Lord and the leader of your life. In other words, you submit yourself to his leadership. You believe that he died for you and he rose again so you could have a new life too. The Bible says you're born again. That makes you ready for the return of Jesus Christ to planet earth. If you've not been born again, you're not ready. 
And so I came to tell you, let's get ready. Hey, if you're troubled by all that's going on, listen, this could vary. This, what we're experiencing as a nation, as the world, certainly lines up with what Jesus said about the latter days. The last days. And he said in verse 44, hey, you got to be ready. And then he teach, I love, I love that. You, and you need to do this. You need to go through Matthew 24 and 25 with his disciples. How many of you appreciate when people just tell a story? They tell stories for illustrations. And so that's what Jesus did. He knew he had to tell stories for people. Jesus was one of the best storytellers. He told, he talked, pardon me, he taught in parables. Uh, and those were short stories that had a spiritual lesson. And so we look and right after he said, be ready. He begins to tell uh, uh, parables. He he begins in verse 45, teaching the parable of the faithful and the evil servant. There's a faithful servant who's working and serving his master. There's an evil servant who the master's gone and he's he's not being faithful. He's not ready. <coughs> Pardon me. And then the time comes, the master comes back and the evil servant is not ready. And you read it. The illustration is profound. Verse 50, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of. And well, this is the Bible. He will cut him in two and appoint his portion with the hypocrites. Uh, There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Listen, if you're not ready and Jesus comes back, you will find yourself, you will find at a place of eternal weeping and gnashing of teeth. But for disciples, we can be ready. Are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ to planet earth? And then he, he keeps going. He, in Matthew 25, he teaches in verse one, the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. Now, this is a crazy story, but it's just for a, he's teaching a principle. And he talks about the five wise and the foolish virgins. They're all waiting for the bridegroom to come. And they all have their lamps. I wish I had a lamp. That'd be cool. Oh, the lamps. And they all look like they were going to get ready. And they were going to light their lamps and be ready for the bridegroom. But five foolish were not ready. They had no oil in their lamp. You know, a lot of people look like they're ready, but they're not ready. They smile enough. I'm ready. I got my lamp. But there's no, there's no oil. Are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ? That's what we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. I love, hey, so you read through those. Read through Matthew 24 and 25. Read through uh, all these lessons, these stories Jesus is teaching his disciples so they would be ready. The church needs to be ready. Uh, the lost people need to be born again so they can be part of the church. And, and when he comes, uh, uh, hear him say as another one of these parables, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Are you ready? You know, I love the scripture. I love Paul the apostle. My God, what a great hero of the faith. In his last letter to Timothy, his son and second Tim- son in the Lord, Second Timothy, he says this about his life. Now, may that be the case with all of us. In Second Timothy chapter four, uh, he's, he's charging Timothy because he, in fact, if you went back to chapter three, he's talking about last days and 
Then he charges Timothy to preach the word and be ready to preach, be ready in season and out. See, the church, we've got to be ready with the gospel. You can't let opportunities pass you by. That's chapter 4, verse one, uh, 1 and 2. And so he's telling him, you've got to be ready. And then he says this in verse 6. He said, I'm ready. What he's saying is, because he knows his time and his departure is at hand. He said, I'm ready to be offered up as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. He knew he was about to go to heaven. Are you ready to go to heaven? Have you fulfilled the work of the Lord in your life? Have you been born again? So, hey, listen, this is so important. These times of pressure and trouble and trauma, they should press us to a place of readiness. Oh, people want to get ready. You know, the stores are, uh, the shelves may still be bare. Uh, Hey, people wanted to be prepared for the worst. I get it. I understand. We want toilet paper for goodness sake. We want beans and rice. That's important. You got to ready. You got to be wise about all of this. But many times we are not ready for the return of Jesus Christ. We got the pantry stock. We're, We're ready to be a prepper if necessary, but we are not ready in here for the, pardon me, the return of Jesus Christ. Are you ready? You got to ask yourself that question. We got to be honest with ourselves and be ready. Everybody say, be ready. Get ready. Oh, T.D. Jakes used to say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Are you ready? Number two, or really number seven. This is number seven. Uh, last day's directive for all disciples from the last week of the life of Christ. Number two, at, at number seven, pardon me, not only be ready, but be faithful. Ooh, I love that. He hits that. If you go back to Matthew 24 and 25, uh, let me get back over there. He hits the pri- priority and the importance. He's talking to his disciples here. You need to remember this. They're asking questions. What are we going to do? What are the signs of their coming? And when are the end of the age? Man, they're nervous. Their world has been rocked. And he, he teaches them the importance and the priority of being faithful to God. If you, in Matthew 24, verse 45, once again, it's the faithful servant and the evil servant. Who then is a faithful and a wise steward whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Are you a faithful and a wise steward? And then you go to Matthew 25, verse 14. He teaches the parable of the talents. Now, that's a long one. I'm not going to read it, but it has to do with uh, in, with with uh, 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 people who have been invested with one talent, that's actually an increment of money. I think two talents and then five talents. The, fir- the five and the two, when the master was away, uh, they doubled their money. They do- Not their money, his money. They were wise investors. They were faithful stewards. They were being faithful with the things that God had put into the care. And the one with one talent, he was afraid. I was afraid you were a hard taskmaster and I hid it in the, in the ground. Here, you can have it back. And he said, you're an unproductive, unfruitful. In fact, he called him wicked and lazy. Come on now. Man, if, if, if I preached like Jesus preached, some of you, you wouldn't come back to this church. He said wicked and lazy. But here's what he said to the faithful and the wise steward. He said, uh, his Lord said to him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Good and faithful. Say it. Good and faithful. 
Somebody say, good and faithful servant. That's what he's looking for. He said, you've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Listen, being faithful to God is not just for him. There's a benefit to being faithful. We enter into the joy of the Lord. And so, listen, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready for Jesus' return. If you're lost, you need to be born again. You need to get your eternal security figured out. You need to realize, man, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be a, a, a part of the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. I want to enter into the joy of the Lord. You've got to be ready. And we got to, as believers, that's what he's telling his disciples. Listen, guys, uh, it's, I'm about to give you the baton here. I'm about to go to my father. I'm about to pour out the Holy Spirit upon you, and you are my plan A, and there's no plan B, and you, I'm talking about disciples, me, you, us. He said to hey, it's, we've got to be found faithful with what he puts into our care. Could I be honest? Could I, could I be honest? Some of you just holding on to what God gave you. You got born again and nothing else has changed. You haven't done anything really productive for the Lord. You, you've not multiplied what he's put into your care. You just think, I'm just going to hold on till Jesus comes. Mercy. I want to hear. Listen, we're living in the last days. Jesus is coming back. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How about you? So we've got to be ready We've got to be faithful. And then number three, this is something that surprised me, even though I've read this passage many times, but it just, it just exploded in me all over again. And number three, in these last days, the last, day, last day's directive for all disciples, we must be compassionate towards others. You know, most people in times of trouble and trauma, they start getting their hens, their chickens together, and they start getting their little world together. And, you know, and kind of that's the way we've had to be at, you know, home. We get all our little world together and we've taken care of me, myself, and I, and my little stuff, and we take care of our stuff. But look what Jesus said. Follow me. I'm just going to read it. Matthew 25, verse 31. And when the Son of Man comes in His glory, He's coming again. And all the holy angels with him. Then he will sit on the throne of his glory. And all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. And the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he shifts. For, for I, Jesus said, the king said, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty or give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? They said, "When did we do that for you?" And Jesus said, "Listen, when you did," he said, "when you did to the least of these my brethren, 
He said, you did it to me. The king answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, and as much as you, as you did it to one of the least of these, the least of these, you did it to me. In other words, when you, as a faithful steward, in these last days, realize it's not all about you. Tell somebody, it's not about you. It's not all about you. It's about people who are lost. It's about people who are in need. The least of these, my brethren, when you did it to them, you did it to me. What was Jesus saying about to his disciples in these last days? Listen, open your eyes. There's a world of people who are lost that need Christ, that need his hands extended. Yeah, they may need, they may need literal food. They may need a literal help. They may need literal, and, and we are his hands extended. And I've realized something about life. When you bless somebody with something tangible, it opens the door to their spirit man. And they are more accepting of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we've got to be compassionate. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan? It's in Luke chapter 10. You can look at it later. Chapter 20, chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. Basically, it's this, the Good Samaritan. There's a, someone that was, had been, had been beaten up on the road. He had been robbed and stolen from. He was on the, on the Jericho road. We used to say, on the Jericho road. He's to sing it, but it comes from this parable. And the religious priest walked by and he did not help. He, he went around him and said, oh, that's somebody else will have to do that. And then the good Samaritan came. And, and in Jesus' day, Samaritans were kind of the unclean ones of the bunch. And the good Samaritan got him and he took him home. He, he, he bandaged his wounds. He poured in the oil and the wine. That was an illustration for us to realize when there's, there's, listen, there's people who need you. There's people who need you to be the good Samaritan in their life. And so these last days, we got to be ready for his return. We got to be faithful to him in all that we do. But we, we got to realize in all that we do, we've got to be compassionate to a world that is lost and without Christ. People who are bleeding and dying, if you will, on the Jericho road. Uh, in fact, James said this, James chapter one, verse 27, he said, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. He said, this is how we really know your, your relationship and your, your, your walk with God is real. That if you visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So some people just say, I'm staying over here. I'm keeping myself unspotted from the world. But listen, sometimes you got to get out in the world. We are in the world, but not of the world. And there, there are people as if widows and orphans, people who are in trouble. And they need us. They need you. And your compassion that Christ has put within you, your care for others, rather than your, your care for your own stuff and yourself. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples. And listen carefully, we'll, we'll never fulfill the purpose of God if all we care about is ourself. Look around. Tell, did you catch that? If all we care about is me, myself, and I, we'll not fulfill the purpose of God. So you've got to be ready. Everybody say, be ready. 
You got to be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. And you got to be faithful. You got to be found faithful. You got to hear, well done. You got to work towards hearing, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And you got to realize, hey, in the middle of all this, it's about people. It's about people who are lost. It's about people who are hurting. It's about people who need something. And you are there, are Christ's hands extended into their life. Amen. You got to be compassionate. That's the, that's the directive of God for us in the last days. And, and then number nine. I love this. Now, we're going to divert to Mark chapter 13. Matthew, Mark. We've been in, in Matthew 24 and 25, but Mark hits something uh, uh, pretty interesting here. Mark 13, 11, uh, when he's talking about the signs of the times and the end of the age, this is the same time. This is not a different dissertation, but just Mark's uh, record of it. Look what he says in verse 11. He says, oh, let me go back to verse 10 because that's important. I just got to throw that in. And the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. And verse 11, don't shout me down now, but he says this, but when they arrest you. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. I'm sure the disciples got the warm fuzzies just then. Jesus looked at him and said, when they arrest you, arrest me. Wait, wait, we thought you were putting your kingdom together here in Jerusalem. Arrest me? Are you kidding me? That's what I'd have been doing. When they arrest you, (laughs) that tickled me, I'm sorry. Uh, Hey, you know what Jesus is saying? It's not all apple pie Chevrolet and, and, and in our day to day, Chick-fil-A. Hey, it's, there's, there's trouble when they arrest you. I'll keep going. I'll get off of it and deliver you up. Look at this. Do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak, but whatever is given in that, uh, whatever is given you in that hour, speak that for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now, I love this. Here's the point. Uh, in these last days, disciples, you know what Jesus was saying? You better be listening to what I have to say. We need Mickey Mouse ears. We need big ears to hear what God is saying. Nothing wrong with God's mouth. Listen, he'll speak to you. And here's what he told them. In the time of trouble, listen carefully. In the time of trouble, yeah. Hey, sometimes you might need to turn that TV off. Turn it off. I mean, it's hard for me. Man, I, I just hard. I want to see what's going on. Turn it off. Turn it off. Tell somebody, we better turn that off. Turn it off. Listen carefully because if you're, all you're listening to is what the news is saying, and maybe there's some good news going on. I love it every once in a while when they spit out some good news. But if that's all you're listening to, you're going to miss what God has to say. Jesus was basically saying, this when trouble comes and it's coming when you get pressure from all sides whether it's uh, uh, like Jesus when they arrest you and, and and apprehend you or whether you're just arrested by the traumas of life or the uh, uh, the uncertainties of life you better be listening to what the spirit of God is saying to the churches hey go to revelation you want to get into the last days uh, and he says to the church you better hear what the spirit of God is is saying to the church, and you and me, we are the church. We got to have Mickey. What is God saying here? Amen. Listen, throw this out. Write this down. In these last days, the Spirit of God not only wants to speak to you, He wants to speak 
through you, for goodness sake. The Spirit of God wants to speak to you. Yes, comfort me. I need a word. Most people want a word. Oh, I need a word from the Lord. I'm not, I'm being a little facetious, but yes, He wants to give us a word, but it's not about us. He wants to speak to us. Amen. But He wants to speak through us. That's what He said. He said, don't, hey, don't premeditate what you're going to say. Listen to the Spirit. And in that moment, when you're going through pressure and trouble and trauma and, and persecution and tribulation, you speak what I have to say through you. Whoo! Come on now. We gotta hear. We gotta be listening. Let me, let me just say, yield your life wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever's going on in your world right now. Yield yourself to the control and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Paul told the Ephesians, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yield yourself. Be filled with the Holy Spirit today. He'll speak not only to you, but through you. You just got to be listening. Somebody say amen. You got to be ready. In these last days, directives, you've got to be ready for the return of Jesus Christ as a church. We've got to be ready uh, for His plan to move through us. We've got to be faithful for all that He has for us to do and, and, and be serving Him and, and being productive for Him and, uh, and causing Him to be blessed. And when He comes back, He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We've got to be ready. We've got to be compassionate for others. We can't lock our doors and lock our hearts to, to the needs of others. We've got to find people in need and pour in the oil and the wine, but we've got to be, we've got to be listening to the Spirit of God in all of this. What is He saying, not just to you, but through you? And then finally today, we've got to be praying. In fact, in that same chapter of Mark, verse 32 and 33, He says this concerning how we ought to be postured in these last days. Verse 32, he says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Jesus doesn't even know, but but only the Father. There's only one person that knows. There's only one, one person that knows when he's going to, when Jesus is coming back. And that's not Jesus. It's God the Father. And so he says in verse 33, he says, take heed. I love it. Watch, listen up. Watch and pray. Be alert and pray. Everybody say, watch and pray. Somebody say, watch and pray. Tell, if your kids are watching, say, we got to watch, we got to be alert, we got to pray. Watch and pray. We're going to pray in just a moment, but you and I, we in these last days, we got to be faith-filled prayer warriors, not just for me, myself, and I, but for others, uh, for the kingdom of God. And we got to pray, watch and pray. You remember in the last, I mentioned this last week, but the last week of the life of Christ, Jesus took some of his disciples and went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and there he prayed. And the Bible says he was in such agony that he sweat as it though great drops of blood. This is Matthew 26. And he said, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And his disciples, he told them to say it, watch and pray. And he came back a couple of times, and he found them sleeping. They were not only not watching, they were not praying. And he wanted them to pray with him and agree with him. 
In fact, in verse 41 of that Matthew 26, he said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Then he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Listen carefully. The flesh is weak. The spirit's willing. How many of you have have good intentions to pray? But uh, you go, oh, I missed it today. I I got I got to, I got up and that 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 silly Facebook got me. That the the Fox News got me. Uh, uh, you know, my fat. Hey, that's why Jesus would get up a great while before day, and there he would pray. Listen, what we need in these last days. Yeah, we need a lot of things. We need people ready. We need people faithful. We need people compassionate. We need people who are sensitive to the Spirit. But we need people who are praying for goodness sake. And I'm calling you. I'm calling me. I'm calling our church to to watch and pray. Let's pray this thing through. Let's pray for the victory of God to be made manifest to its final end. And, And hopefully on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, and then beyond, we see massive harvest from God. We see churches begin to fill up. We see people who were not ready are now ready. We see people who have not been faithful to God are now saying, man, I better be faithful to God. We see people who are self-absorbed and self-concerned reaching out to people who are on the Jericho road of life, who they come and they take them and bring them home and pour in the oil and the wine. We see people who are, God is speaking not just to, but through. That's what I see happening. And that's what we need to be praying for goodness sake. We don't need to be prayer warriors. We need to be prayer warriors. And that's what Jesus was trying to get across to his disciples when they were all shook up about the last days. You may be all shook up today. You may be fearful and doubting. But if you'll get a hold of this word of God, ready yourself today. For His Word and will to be made manifest in your life today. If you're lost, you can be saved. If you're fearful, you can be full of faith. If you're confused, you can be... The the clarity of God can come when you just say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me, Lord. Not just to me. But then guess what He'll do? He'll speak through you. Let's pray today. If you're there with your family or friends or even by yourself, let's agree together. Let's ask God to have His way in our life. If you're watching today or even uh, uh, later on, you happen to have found this broadcast and you know you're lost and without Christ, this is your moment of opportunity to ask Christ to come into your heart. Let's bow our heads right where we are. Come on, I know you're watching. Just bow your head. Let's play like you're right here in the sanctuary with me. And that the altars are open. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, if you're listening, watching, you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, this is your moment. I want everyone here, not here, but there. I want you to pray with me. If you're lost, pray this prayer. Everyone say it together with me. Come on, kids and adults alike. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me on the cross and for paying a great price with your blood. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that today you died for me. That's how I see it. You paid a price for me. Thank you that you rose again so I could have a new life too.
I invite you into my heart to be the Lord and the leader of my life. I confess you as my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, welcome to the family of God. Hey, get on my, get on Facebook. Find me on Facebook. Go to our, our, our Facebook page and just say, I prayed that prayer with you, Pastor Sam. I gave my life to Christ. And if you're here today and you're born again, but something in you has distracted, you've been listening maybe to the distractions of the enemy and you've not really been serving him, you've not really been faithful to him, you've been self-serving, but hey, today God's calling us all to a new level of faithfulness to him. We thank God for that. And so let's respond to the call today. Let's let the word and the will of God be made manifest in and through our lives Hey, be listening because God is speaking to you today. And not only is he speaking to you, but he wants to, dis, to he desires to speak through you. Be his hands extended. Be his voice. Speak his word. Encourage the body of Christ. Encourage lost people. Encourage people that are confused in this pressure moment of life yield their life to the control and the influence of the Holy Spirit. God bless you today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock Live, Church on the Rock North Live. Uh, Hey, this is week to week. We'll see how it goes. We're praying for a breakthrough. But hey, however it is, we're not changing our message. We're not changing uh, uh, the way we... we're just changing our methodologies, amen? The mission and the, and the mandate of Christ, the, good, the great commission is still in play. And you know what happened this last week uh, uh, as far as our mission, Agua Resources, water wells being drilled. Isn't that exciting? God's still on the throne. God bless you today. Thanks again. I'm Pastor Sam Walker. God bless you. Hey, and if we're, if we're live again... Hey, We don't know what next week holds. Uh, It's day to day. Uh, But hey, if we're still having to do this, you be back next week right here. Church on the Rock North live. www.cotrnorth.com or our Facebook page. Go to YouTube and like us uh, or subscribe. And that helps us. That helps get the message of the gospel out. God bless you. you. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And we'll see you next Sunday.